This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta. Online at AudiAugusta.com. Gil Hans runs Hans Golf Course Design. One of Gil's recent restoration projects, Southern Hills Country Club, the site of next week's PGA Championship. It is a pleasure to welcome Gil Hans back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Gil? I'm good, John. How are you? You know, I'm really, I'm really good. Um, I always ask you this. I always start with this. Where are you today, and what is the project? <laughs> I am in the uh, California desert, just south of La Quinta. We are working on a, a new private golf club called the Coachella Valley Club, and uh, right up against the mountains, and it is thankfully a very beautiful day. Not 100 degrees yet, so when's, enjoying the morning coolness. When's the last time they built a, a, a golf course in the desert? 2008. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been, it's crazy how long it's actually been. Um, Southern Hills, when you take on a project like Southern Hills, how much of it, Gil, is about major championship golf coming up, and how much of it is about daily membership play? Uh, it, it's well, I mean, the answer is really it's more about Perry Maxwell. And, and, you know, as we're fortunate to work at these great old courses with the, by these great old architects, those guys got it right on both accounts. They created golf courses that were interesting and, and playable and challenging for members and then are also perfectly capable of hosting major championships. So at Southern Hills, I think when we decided the focus was going to be on Perry Maxwell, we understood that that was going to be a bonus bonus for, for major championships. Did you take out some trees? We took out some, although we're, not as many as we're getting credited for. Huh. <laughs> you know, they, they had started down that road uh, well prior to, to us being involved there, and so I think really all we had left to do was clean up and get rid of some of the, the non-indigenous trees that had been planted, so ones that you wouldn't normally find in Oklahoma. And so I think the number, you know, we're getting credited with a lot more, but I think we're a lot closer to 300 trees, which is still significant, but it's not nearly what what we're being credited for or blamed for. Could almost any golf course, Gil, use fewer trees? Yes, I I think so. I think there's, you know, any number of reasons, um, but the two that jump to mind are playability and, you know, the options that are afforded, especially these great old golf courses. And I think, you know, the golf courses being built by a lot of the guys today harken back to those design principles, and they place an emphasis on architectural features, meaning bunkers or slopes and greens or angles being the prevalent defense, as opposed to, you know, having to chop out from behind a tree. So I think, you know, in many instances, while they're appropriate in sort of off, way off the beaten path, when trees become an integral part of the design and sort of the strategy or, or protection, they don't necessarily, you know, legislate like like a, a bunker or a rough or you know, showing golfers' ability to display their their skills in, in the recovery game. They they get a little bit one dimensional or, or monotonous. And then, then honestly, the more important one is agronomy. I mean, trees provide zero agronomic benefit for. For turf grass, they take everything that turf wants and needs, air, light, and water, and they do a much better job of it. And so if we're asking these superintendents, or in some cases requiring these superintendents to present really good conditions, we need to let them have a, a full arsenal to, to fight that battle. And 
frequently that means we need to take trees out in order to promote healthy turf grass. So I think just from those two standpoints, um, you know, it, it would it would lend to taking down more trees than, than leaving more trees. Is there a golf course that that makes wonderful use of trees? I guess I'm asking because I think Harbortown does. But is there a golf course that makes wonderful use of trees? Well, yeah, I think Harbortown's a great example of it. And I, and I think a lot of what we consider Parkland um, golf courses do. I think, you know, even though there are less trees there now, winged foot, that's an important part. Uh, Baltus roll. Uh, you know, you go down the list, they're still a part of the landscape and they're still a part of you know, defending well off of, um, you know, and, and the one that, that we're actually going to, you know, same, well, Perry Maxwell had a little to do with Colonial, but I think Colonial is another one that has traditionally always been a tree-lined golf course and has always had as a big part of its test, um, you know, the level of precision required to drive it into tighter spaces and to hit it into narrower corridors um, when you're playing into the green. So I think Colonial is another one. And when we get ready to do the restoration there, we're, we're not really taking down many trees. In fact, we're adding quite a few. Mm, wow. We're talking with Gil Hance here on the Augusta Golf Show. Let me get back to, to Southern Hills. I'm reading you did a lot of work on the greens. I, I'm also wondering, the greens are bent there, aren't they? Isn't that a hot climate for bent? It is, and, and you know, as part of the investment that the club made, they they put the hydronic system underneath the greens. So now Russ Myers, the very capable superintendent, he could keep them alive even if he didn't have it. Um, you know, has the ability through the hydronic system, which is basically like radiant heating and cooling in a floor, to either raise or lower the soil temperatures, and that's ultimately where a lot of the battle is fought. You know, you're not going to be able to do anything really to alter the surface temperatures because that's a function of you know, the sun. Um, but if you can lower soil temperatures, you can, as, as Russ said it the best way I've ever heard anybody describe it, in August in Tulsa, he can trick the grass into thinking it's June in Tulsa. And June in Tulsa, you've got a, a pretty fair fight to keep bank grass going. August can be a bit challenging, but if the grass still thinks it's June, you've got a pretty good pretty good chance. What, what did you do to the greens? We, you know, our work was primarily around the edges of the greens. Um, over a period of time, they had, you know, the edges had built up and gotten a little bit um, bold, you know, either through bunker sand buildup or top dressing buildup around the edges or, you know, construction methodologies. They had balls didn't really feed easily off of the edges of the green. So we focused on reversing a lot of that change, which wasn't architectural. It was really just more evolution and getting them so that uh, I think one of the things I'm most interested to watch is, you know, what happens when the players don't respect the edge of the greens or you know go at hole locations that are closer to the edge and they miss on the on the short side uh, the recovery shots they're going to face are really going to be very interesting and then just seeing where the ball ultimately winds up because it's all tightly mown around the green so and the greens are all pretty much sitting up in the air so that when the ball if you miss the edge of the greens, it's going to feed to places that I think are going to really challenge these guys and, and, and their abilities and I think that'll be very, very interesting to watch. Well, like but ha- as far as the internal contour, sorry, we really didn't change much. Uh, we maybe softened a few areas on 9 and 18 to create you know, better hole locations, but the internal contours are still very, very much Perry Maxwell. While I have you, I can't resist asking about some other projects. Uh, project in West Palm, that's a muni? 
yeah, it's uh, it's all finished. Um, we're going to go back in July and do some work on the driving range. Um, for logistical reasons, we couldn't complete it, but that's um, it's really an exciting project. I think from on a number of levels. I mean, the community, uh, the, the amount of money that was raised in that community to build a, a world class facility, you know, and and then fund an, an amazing endowment for junior programs and for you know up, upkeep. Um, you know, a site in, in southeast Florida that's got 30 and 40 foot elevation changes and, and is all pure sand was really something that Jim Wagner and I were delighted to be asked to tackle. And I think, you know, long term, the community benefit and, and the things that are going to give back to that community and the ability for youngsters to learn the game of golf and to do it in a in a safe place and, and in a place that's engaging and, and open, I think will hopefully be you know the, the greatest legacy that we accomplish there. Good for you. Um, tell me about the the PGA course in Frisco. I was just there the other day, just checking in on on things. Um, it's coming along. It's it's pretty well grown in. They're uh, looking like now the decision making is going to be to hold off on opening uh, the golf course until next year when the clubhouse and the uh, hotel are are totally finished and just open it all in a in a one-off as opposed to you know, starting golf operations prior to it. The golf course would certainly be ready to play this year, but I, I think that's a, a business decision made by, by Omni and by the PGA of America. So when when it gets a chance to, to for people to play, and there have been some smaller groups playing it, and, and all the feedback's been really, really wonderful. And then finally, what are you doing? What are you doing to one of my favorite spots, Oakmont? Oakmont is, um, well, we still have a membership meeting to go through to, to make sure that everybody's excited about it. But, you know, as as is our want with these great old golf courses, it's really focusing on the original design. And so with the Phones family and what they did there, and, and it, it's it's an interesting um, course to try to figure out exactly where you go back to hmm. because the Phones family, they every year they changed it. I mean, we look at aerial photographs from... 27 and then in 29 a lot of things have changed and in 32 they've changed in 35 they've changed and basically as as long as the family was there there were significant changes so uh, what Jim and I are proposing to the club is to sort of look at the history of the phones family's involvement and then propose you know, we think this is the best eclectic set of holes um, that they they designed and we think it's it's appropriate for this day and age and That'll mean some of the holes will have some change, you know, I don't want to say significant, but some noticeable changes, and other holes will look exactly as they do now. But it's it's primarily a rebuild bunkers, look at expanding greens, but do so through the lens of, of the phones fan. He is Gil Hans from the uh, Hans Golf Course Design Company. Uh, Gil, thank you for saying yes to this. I know you're incredibly busy. I deeply appreciate it, and, and rest assured I'll bother you again at some point. <laughs> I'm always happy to get on with you, John. Thanks so much.